better than that. How are we doing? Yes, yes, hello. How Today is going to be a good day. Let me get situated here real quick. Um, all right, well, good morning. Um, my name is Tyler. Uh, you know that I have not spoke yet, and you're probably thinking, this is a new guy, so I hope this isn't a train wreck. Um, trust me, I'm thinking the same exact thing. I really hope this goes well, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so we're all on the same page. Actually, last night I was, uh, I was sleeping and I was dreaming about preaching this morning, uh, believe it or not, and I had this like terrible nightmare that I got up here. I didn't have any of my notes, and uh, I couldn't, for some reason, navigate through my Bible. It took me like 10 minutes to like figure out what was going on. Then I woke up like hyperventilating, and I was like, not today, Satan. This is not going to happen, okay? We are going to worship Jesus, and nothing's going to stop us from doing that. Um, so, but in all seriousness, uh, I'm Tyler, yeah. I grew up here. I went to middle school here. Went to high school here. Did the whole, uh, all that stuff. Um, let's see. I went to college at Colorado Christian University up in Denver. And before that, uh, I actually really didn't care for Jesus that much. Didn't really like him that much. I actually didn't want to follow him um, with my whole life. Uh, beforehand, uh, in middle school, I cared a little bit. Um, but I never really fully committed my life to Christ. And... <laughs> Not so long along the path, uh, when I was in college, uh, I welcomed a nice, firm slap across the face by the hand of conviction, and I soon realized that Jesus, he all along, he desired me, he loved me, um, and he chose me, and things got really different in my life when I realized those things. Um, and that's just kind of a short part of my life. That's kind of a, a in a nutshell. But uh, I would love to, uh, if possible, meet with each and every one of you individually, because uh, I think any of the, ooh, we got a little different there for a second. Uh, any of the leaders here, any of the pastors, uh, elders, we would all love to meet with you, uh, learn about your life, learn about what Jesus is doing in your life, uh, tell, you, tell you about what Jesus has done in my life, um, and just experience him together. Because what is church if there's no community? And what is church if we are not actually growing together relationally and in Christ? So... Um, if we're meeting, you can have a cheeseburger. Uh, we'll buy you a cup of coffee or something. If you're meeting with me, we're going to have a cheeseburger because there's nothing better than a cheeseburger. Um, I have a problem. If you pray for me, that'd be great, but I just love cheeseburgers. You can ask anybody in my family. I eat them every single day. Oh my goodness, they're so good. <laughs> it's a problem. Um, I, uh, I'm just, I'm so blessed. I'm so honored to be here talking with you guys. Uh, to talk to Jesus with you guys, to talk about Jesus with you guys. And uh, it's just such a pleasure of mine to be up here and to be doing that. And uh, the reason I'm so excited is that I know that Jesus is not going to let this time this morning be wasted, uh, whether I'm talking about cheeseburgers or not. It's not going to be wasted, okay? Um, and that's the last thing I could ever want for you guys is for this time to be uh, of myself. The words and the conclusions that I draw be of myself and not of God. Um, so before I say any more, I want to, I want to pray uh, together. I want to welcome Jesus here. I want to welcome his spirit here to, um, to change things, to help us understand him, and to uh, open his word so that he may be uh, vividly clear and vividly, vividly evident in what we're talking about today. So if you could please bow your heads with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we know that we have no reason to be breathing without your grace. We are so, so blessed. We are so, so honored to be in your presence today. I pray for this season that as we go about uh, Christmas and 
these times of uh, rejoice. Uh, I pray for those people that might not be rejoicing right now. Pray for the people that might be feeling pain right now. Um, because we all know that the Christmas season may um, multiply that feeling of pain because they're alone or um, isolated. I pray that you, Jesus, would be able to reach out to them, maybe through people in this congregation. I really hoped through people through this congregation, but I pray that you can move and be evident in this town. I pray for what we're talking about this morning, that we can be so um, reverent and so uh, blessed by you, Jesus, today. We, we love you. We love you so, so much. Uh, we pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Yes. Um, all right. So I want to start by asking uh, a simple question that I think each and every one of us can relate to uh, within some sort of capacity or another. Um, it's simply this. Actually, I've got a nice little toy here. Oh, back there. It's not up there. That's fine. The question is, what is a follower of Jesus? What is a true follower of Jesus? And in other words, like, what does it actually mean to follow Jesus? Now think about um, maybe if someone in like your school or at work or within any context at all asks you that question. What would be the first words that come out of your mouth? What is a true follower of Jesus? Um, Now my fear is that um, I think that a lot of Christians uh, would say like really extremely different things about what it means to follow Jesus. And I mean, would I have good reason to say that? Because we see some wacky claims when it comes to how Christ is in this earth. Um, I say this because we live um, in a world, we live in a culture that I think constantly shouts answers our way. And it constantly shouts shallow answers our way, uh, if I may. And they come over and over. And I think if we get to the point where we actually think those uh, answers are probably like legit because of their normality, like they're normal, right? Um, but I want to tell you something right now that just because something is a norm, just because something's normal for our belief system does not make it actually truth because Christians have got stuff wrong in the past. So I want to right now, I think it's our job to um, look at the Bible, look at the word of God to see what the word of God has to say about Jesus because it is indeed his word, right? I don't know why we would actually look anywhere else. So um, I once heard a quote. It's uh, used in a sermon that I listened to a long time back. And uh, the quote's from David Platt. And uh, Platt, he's an author, uh, pastor, and he writes a lot on kind of cultural tendencies and how we go about our faith as opposed to how the world um, tells us we should go about our faith. And the quote says this, We are giving into the dangerous temptation to take the Jesus of the Bible and twist him into a version of Jesus we are more comfortable with. A nice, middle-class American Jesus. Why not, right? A Jesus who doesn't mind materialism and who would never call us to give away everything we have. A Jesus who would not expect us to forsake our closest relationships so that he receives all our affection. A Jesus who is fine with nominal devotion or like lukewarm devotion that does not infringe on our comforts because after all, he loves us just the way we are. A Jesus who wants us to be balanced, who wants us to avoid dangerous extremes and who for that matter wants us to avoid danger altogether. A Jesus who brings us comfort and prosperity as we live out our Christian spin on the American dream. But do you and I realize what we're doing at this point? 
we are molding Jesus into our image. He's beginning to look a lot like us because, after all, that is whom we are most comfortable with. And the danger now is that when we gather in our church buildings to sing and to lift our hands in worship, we may not actually be worshiping the Jesus of the Bible. Instead, we may be worshiping ourselves. And that is conviction right there for me. Those are convicting words, my friends. And I really hope that uh, that idea kind of scares you as much as it scares me that we are, like Platt said, molding Jesus into our image. That's not how it's supposed to be. We were created in his image, in the Imago Dei, in his image, not in our image. So, um, I, uh, I think it's important that right now we distinguish the God of the Bible from the God of ourselves. And that thing that I'm talking about right now is called idolatry. And idolatry is a sin that we can so easily get ourselves caught up in because it's so normal to get caught up in it. And we may not even recognize when we're caught up in it, when we are thinking that when we are praising something, we are actually praising Jesus, but we may not even know what we're praising. But I have some good news, though, this morning. Uh, it may not be as you know, depressing as it sounds, but uh, I have good news. And the good news is that we have the word of God. We have his word. Like, praise Jesus, we have his word. So we don't have to be confused with all of our, like, fuzzy theology and, like, all this stuff that we think up on our own. We have his word, and it is awesome. I love his word. This one here is my Bible. Well, I don't know if it's mine. I, like, bought it. I didn't write it, so it's, you know, it's his word. But it's the Bible. Uh, I love the Bible. I really love it. I, uh, I would encourage you to read it sometime. Um, I think that's my job to say that. I would encourage you to read it sometime. I am going to warn you, though, um, if you pick it up, if you start reading it, if you start questioning um, what, it's, what it's about, and you start actually like taking it seriously, it could actually maybe change your life forever. It could actually change your life forever. And uh, I say this every time I talk about the Bible, um, just because I know how easily and how dramatically it can change things in your life. Um, and, uh, well, here's the thing. I'm not um, talking about how it can change like your wealth. I'm not talking about how it can change your health or how you can find like rainbows or how you can find like flowers, like all of that, all that nice stuff. I'm talking about how we can finally see the gospel clearly and how we can be moved towards its cause and its purpose in our lives. Because here's the thing. He gives it to us. He, by his grace, granted us his word and he came to us through it. So I... Um, I think it's good news. It's glorious news. It's glorious gospel. It's so good. And I think at this point, I think we should probably just open it up uh, and read it and be blessed by it and just be so taken back by his word. Um, also, before I take, go any further, um, there's like a pew Bible. Well, I don't even know if they're pews. These are like chairs, but um, Bibles in the chairs in front of you, underneath you. If you can find that Bible... Um, open it up. We're going to read in it, but you can also have that Bible. It's our gift to you. We're not going to like tackle you on the way out to get that Bible out of your hands because we're not, you're not stealing it. We're giving it to you because it was a gift to us in the first place by Jesus. Okay. So open it up. We're going to be in the gospel of Luke in uh, chapter nine. And while you're flipping there, uh, I'm just going to mention that we are still in the meant to be series um, that we started several weeks back. And last week, Tom, he preached on a very uh, similar topic. Uh, just on the verses before what I'm talking about today. Excuse me. And uh, 
I encourage you, uh, if you didn't make it last week, or if you're listening online, um, go to the podcast last week and listen to uh, what he was talking about. You will be blessed by it. It won't be a waste of your time, I promise you, because it changed my life for sure. And I'm hoping that what I can talk about today can just elaborate and we can go a little bit further in, what he, in the direction that he was pointing us into. And uh, if you take notes, uh, maybe take notes on what I'm talking about and uh, go back to the podcast again and see how those notes line up and see how things uh, make sense and how we can uh, diligently, how we can faithfully follow Jesus together every single day. Let's see, where am I? All right, all right. So we're open. We're opening up our Bibles into uh, in Luke dot, chapter nine, and uh, the verses we're going to be focusing on are twenty three through twenty five. And uh, where are we at? The text states, uh, and he said to all, to everyone, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That's what he spoke on last week. If it's familiar, right? For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Now, the title of uh, my message this morning is The Simple Things in Life. Like, what is the most simple part of my existence? Or uh, what is essential to me? Like, what is a simple faith? What is a simple Jesus to me that I can really relate to every single day? And uh, I think what Jesus is doing in this passage that I just read is he's answering a really simple question. The question is, in essence, just what does it mean to be a follower of me? What does it mean to follow me? (laughs) He's asking not only his disciples, but it says all. He's asking everyone, what does it mean to follow me? Now, before I go any further, um, I have three, uh, I guess, marks that I guess mark a true follower of Christ. And these aren't going to be the only ones, but like these are the ones that really came to my heart and that really uh, showed up for me when I was uh, reading through this passage and praying over it. The first one I want to look over is a true follower of Christ is someone uh, that follows Christ. Oh, that's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, that's like... Come on. You thought I was going to say something new, but that's just it. Like so many Christians get it wrong when it comes to like the most essential thing to following Christ. And that's the word follow. Like, come on. It's so simple. He goes this way. I'm going this way. He goes this way. I'm going to go that way. It's pretty simple. But I think we also kind of get caught up in like our uh, calling or stuff like that. Uh, If you're like really concerned or about trying to find your calling, I have a a few words for you um, here. It's, you're looking at it. It's right here. Uh, if you're wanting to follow Christ, this is your calling. It's, it's, it's pretty simple, and it's as simple as that. Um, if, I mean, I'm just telling you, if like something like out of the ordinary comes up, and you think it's like your massive calling, and like you're about to embark on this massive adventure, here's the thing. You're already called to do something if you proclaim the name of Christ, and that is proclaim the name of Christ in everywhere you go and wherever you are. It's really simple. Don't get so caught up in where you're going. How about we go back to the Bible and find where our calling is? I think the Bible says we die to ourselves daily. I think it says that we love unconditionally and love people really, really well. And don't stop at anything less than that. Uh, I think that's a calling right there. 
I think that calling is also not really like job specific. It's not vocation specific. It's not spouse specific. It's not wealth specific. It's not really anything specific, but gospel specific, right? We're called to it. We have good news. We have to share it. That's the only calling we have wherever you are and wherever you go. It's as simple as that. Number two, a true follower of Christ denies themselves and carries their cross. And denying yourself, it really just simply means to completely surrender any selfish, I guess, ambition for your life and give it to Jesus so that he can be the orchestrator, that, so that he can be um, the conductor, the, the changer, the world changer for you, and so that you don't have to be the only person in the control panel. So uh, if you recall last week, Tom spoke on um, just so, so many good things. But one thing that really stood out to me was he stated, you have to break up with your old life to have new life in Christ. He said, Jesus didn't die to make your old life better. He died to give you new life and to be that life, to be your new life. And it requires us to carry our cross daily. It's a daily effort of living for the ultimate purpose of his gospel. Number three, and this is what I'm going to spend uh, most of the rest of the time that we have on, because it's uh, mostly pertaining to the two verses of 24 and 25. And it's a true follower of Christ. He looks for salvation. He or she looks for salvation in Christ alone, not in things of this world. I have another simple question for you, and it's, uh, what can you not live without? In other words, like, what is that thing in your life that um, you think your existence would just be severely lacking because you didn't have it? And it's going to look a lot different for everyone. Uh, Maybe it's like a habit, maybe it's a routine or a hobby, or maybe it's like money. Um, That's like always the case usually, but uh, maybe it's a video game job a person, maybe it's your popularity, maybe it's your identity, maybe it's just like anything, anything. I mean, there are like those essential like food and water. Obviously, I don't want you to not drink and eat food. Like, come on. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. But maybe there's some of us that uh, feeling, we're feeling kind of a sense of conviction because we know that there's some very specific things in our lives that we... Um, we really struggle with that. We know that we're actually not honoring God. Like we know while we're doing it, we know after we do it, we know before we do that, we know we're not honoring God through it. And here's a list. I mean, it's just like a small list. There's lustful tendencies, pornography, excessive drinking, there's partying, there's drug abuse, greed. Overall, there's just an overall hate filled attitude. Maybe, maybe towards a group of people, maybe uh, uh, towards one specific person. Here's the thing. We all have one of those. We all have something that we know we can't live without. We know that we're identified by it, and we think that. We think it's true. But here's the thing. You can live without those things. Let me say that again. You can live without those things. You don't have to be identified by them anymore, because here's the thing. In order to like not live or to live without those things, it's pretty simple. You bring it to the cross. You do a cross exchange. 
You bring your hate, you bring your um, pain, you bring your lust, your sin in general, and you bring it to the cross. And you know what happens? Something really beautiful happens. Jesus identifies you as a son or as a daughter. He calls you his own. He calls you his own. He says, I actually don't care about that stuff. I just want you and I want all of you and nothing that is ever held back by those things. And that's just as simple as it is. The Apostle Paul, he, uh, I think he's really familiar with the idea of giving up things of this world in order to follow Christ. Uh, turn your Bibles, if you may, uh, to the book of Philippians. We're going to be in chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. Um, while you're going there, I think it's necessary to mention that uh, when Paul's writing this, he's like in Roman imprisonment, uh, or what most like scholars believe he was in Rome at that time. He was imprisoned. He wasn't like actually like living like his best life at that moment. So it like kind of sucked for him. Like there's a lot of terrible things going on in his life. So here's the thing. We might experience like a bad look or like someone like that, like you can like know like someone's gossiping about you just because you're like proclaiming the name of Christ or we might know that, uh, yeah, someone gives us a bad look. But I I just need to say like, that's not persecution. Um, It's just not, it simply isn't. Um, like pick yourself up off your feet and just like move on. <laughs> like that's not a big deal. Paul understood it. He was uh, in prison several times because of his ministry. He was even at, at the end of his life, he was martyred. He was, his life was taken because of his faith. I think he understood what the cost of discipleship was. I mean, it's everything, right? He understood that the cost of discipleship, the cost of following Jesus is actually a life thing, an entire life thing. So Philippians 3, 7 uh, through 11 states this, and it's, you know, it speaks so well to what we're talking about. It says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through the faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. And may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul is writing on this very idea that whatever we consider as essential to us or whatever we think as the most important thing in our lives comes nowhere close to the role that Jesus can play as your Lord and Savior and as your everything. It comes nowhere close to that. Um, we also find this in, the notion of, uh, in this notion in the Gospel of John when he says uh, he must increase but I must like decrease in order for him to be made huge and in order for him to be made so non-ignorable, so huge and so powerful in this world, I actually have to be tiny. I have to be humble. I have to know that me being on this earth is me serving him. I think that the only way we can be changed or the only way we can actually respond properly to this text that we're reading is when we go about it in a stance of humility. It's just how it is. 
when we can honestly and when we can intentionally say uh, and identify what things in our lives we see as the what I cannot live without, that's when we can change our lives. I think it's right there in that moment when we can take the praise and we can take the adoration that we have for those things and we can actually return it to where it belongs. We can redirect it to where it belongs. And that's to the cross. That's to Jesus. It belongs there. In fact, when we are doing that, when we're praising him for all that he's worth, we are doing what we were created to do. We are doing what we are created to do. And that's praise him for everything. Praise him for everything he gives to us. Praise him for everything he doesn't give to us. Praise him for who he is and by his grace has, he has saved us. And you have to praise him for that. Here's the thing. I am about to say something. I don't want you to miss this. I don't think you should miss this. Jesus delights in being what you cannot live without. Jesus, he delights in being what you cannot live without. Maybe I need to say it one more time. Jesus, he delights in being what you cannot live without. Can you do that? Can you let him do that? Think about that. Is that something that maybe would sound right for you? It's a hard question. It's a hard answer, but it's simple. The best part about this is that we can. We can allow him to be everything that we cannot live without. We can allow him to be that thing that's so desirable and that's so persistent in our lives that we are changed by it daily and we're moved by it daily. So now I want to look at the results. And I think I'd be doing a huge disservice to you guys if I just like told you to do this, but I didn't tell you why or what happens because of this. Um, and uh, Ben, I think you can come up. Uh, let's read Romans 8, 37 through 39. And uh, I'm not, I don't think I have it displayed. Maybe I, oh, I do. Um, I'm just going to read this real quick. And it is just the most powerful passage I can think about that is speaking towards this very thing. It says, no, in all these things, We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know about you guys, but that gets me pumped up every time I read it. It is so good. It is so rich and it's so gospel oriented. It is so life changing. I'm going to read it again. I'm just going to read it again. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If that like doesn't get you pumped up, I don't know what does, my people. I don't know what does. It's such good news. It is such good news. The result of letting Jesus be everything you can't live without is living a life with a ridiculous amount of purpose and with a ridiculous amount of love and with a ridiculous amount of calling to love other people. Your life changes dramatically. And where the things of this world, they fall short in their promises, Jesus, he comes through for the win. 
He always comes through for the win. He always loves us. He always comes through with his promises. He loves us regardless of where we're at or what we're doing. He comes through for the win. In fact, I think uh, he loved us so much. Um, I'm just going to unpack the gospel real quick. Um, that he actually died the death that we deserved. He lived our life, the life that we could not live. He did everything that we could not because he knew that only he could. And it only could be that sort of substitute for sins. It can only be that sort of reconciliation to himself. It couldn't be anything that we've done. It couldn't be anything that someone else has done for us. It had to be simply God himself that came on the rescue mission and changed us and brought us back to him. Where things change in our lives and things become more beautiful and hope becomes more evident and joy becomes more of the thing that we surround our lives around because Jesus is going to provide that joy every single day. And I'm not going to sit here. I don't want to like try and bribe you. I don't want to try and like convince you um, of anything. I just want, I want to like proclaim to you what Jesus has done for my life. I want to proclaim to you what Jesus has done for his people's lives. And the moment that we allow him to be everything that we cannot live without is the moment that we can experience true joy. It's the moment that we can experience true life and true hope and true uh, discipleship, true mission, just true life in general. Things change dramatically. And I want to leave you guys with uh, that. Um, is Jesus what you cannot live without? simple question. might be a hard answer. I expect it to be a hard answer. But I'm going to leave you with that. I hope you can say yes. I pray that you can say yes and say yes every single day because I love all of you. I hope you can say yes every single day because I love all of you. And I desire for you to have lives that are reflecting of his glory and of his grace so that you can change other people's lives by his grace. And we're about to turn on the lights and everything. And uh, we're going to worship the Jesus that I'm talking about. We're going to worship the God that I'm talking about. The one that follows through with what's going on in the world. The one that follows through with what he promises in our lives. Some of this might be hard for some of you. It might be a time of like very much painful reflection. But here's the thing, there's so much hope. There's so many people here that care so much about you. We have a Jesus that cares so much about you. We don't want you to feel pain. We don't want you to hate this season. We want to experience this season for all that it's worth. For all that it is because Jesus has come and he is saving the day. He's saving us. He's changing us. He's redeeming us. So let's let's just praise him. Can we do that? Like, let's just praise him. Thank you so much for listening. And let's just give him the glory, yeah.